This Dharma talk by Joan Sutherland, Dreams as Koans, is the third of four given at the Morning Star Retreat at San Geronimo Lodge, Taos, New Mexico, on December 6, 2011. Good evening, Bodhisattvas. So here we are in our first dream circle in a retreat. And I wanted to say, if you will indulge me, a little bit of blah, blah, blah at the beginning about why we're doing this and what the, where it starts. And then where it goes after that is really very much up to you. Um, when I was thinking about the reasons we're doing this, um, really what what came as the, the most important thing is that it's already happening, that we've already incorporated dreams and dreaming into our practice in quite a deep way for something that um, arose kind of spontaneously. So I think it's always important to pay attention to what's actually happening <laughs> and, um, and to work with that. And I think back to the when I began teaching 15 years ago, and we had inherited this glorious koan tradition that had this disconcerting tendency to want to keep jumping out of the box we received it in. And um, it, 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 looking back, it's amazing to think of the amount of struggle that went into the decision about whether to keep the box lid open or not and how five minutes after we decided to do that, it was so clear that there was never going to be any going back from that. And a lot of that koans jumping out of the box came because of the way people were working with koans spontaneously, what was occurring with them, what was occurring to them, with the koans, and their desire to include that in the practice. And so the question of in the box or out of the box became, for for those of us who were teachers, do we say yes or no to what is arising in people's practices and is so powerful? And the answer was we say yes. So... This feels like another instance of that, another instance of saying yes to what is arising in people's practice. Particularly because although it began with um, individual events, it began with people bringing dreams into work in the room, really, and saying, is it all right if we work with this this week instead of the koan? And the richness of that, the way that it it so deepened and enriched practice to bring in the dream life um, of those who wanted to do that. And then, as we here in, or we there in Santa Fe, began spending time together, deep, deep time, that where we were meeting heart-mind to heart-mind in ways not always conscious, not always on the surface, but working underground. As we began to spend more time in that way and those connections underground began to grow, 
we started dreaming not only about our own practices but about each other. And then we began to hear about dreams that people were having about each other and how sometimes those dreams could feel um, prophetic or informative, that they were, they were saying something true about someone else or about someone's relationship with someone else. And also they were just a way of those connections happening and strengthening among people. How glorious that we have been becoming a group of people who show up not only in the meditation hall together, but show up in each other's dreams, in sleep. So um, we had a, a dream weekend last spring, which was a way of, of dealing with the practice of dreaming, and that seemed to be um, helpful to people. So if the first reason is because it's already happening, <laughs> then the second reason that runs right on the heels of that is if it is already happening, we should receive this with gratitude. And again, this is something so essential in our practice. If something is happening, is being given to us, it would be churlish to say, no, 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 that's macchio. That's, that's demon visitation. I should pay no attention to that. Let me get back to the purity of my practice. The grateful thing to do is to say thank you and welcome. That older way of holding it, that dreams are distractions, um, not the point, um, dangerous because we might get stuck in them, I think is based around a kernel of truth. But it's, I'm going to draw a different conclusion than the conclusion I heard about so much when I was training. I don't think that dreams and the kinds of visions we have in meditation are dangerous because they're too much, because they might pull us away from what is true into um, sidetracks, distractions. I think they're dangerous or can be dangerous because they're too little. Because if we collapse around an image or a dream or an experience, a meditation experience, and we think, this is it, this is it, now I've got it, the danger is we stop there. The danger is we think, okay, that's it. And everything after that becomes an attempt to get back to that thing we once experienced. That's the danger, that it's too small. But if we receive gratefully those experiences we have, those profound openings we have, if we receive gratefully the visionary experiences we have in meditation, if we receive gratefully the dreams we have, if we appreciate them, if we see what there is that we can um, if there is a way we can become intimate with them, 
and a kind of exchange that can go on. And then we put them down gratefully next to us, leaving space for the next thing to happen. Then the next thing will happen. The next meditation experience, the next vision, the next dream will happen. And our practice will roll on and on and on as a path as a road, not as a fixed location we've set ourselves in. So, they're happening. It would be um, polite of us to be grateful about that and to receive them gratefully. It would also, here's the third thing, It would also tell us something helpful as we come to understand the true nature of the self and the true not nature of the self. You can go about that by trying to annihilate the self, by cutting it down, by turning away from it, by making it bad, by scolding it all the time, by feeling embarrassed by it, by feeling depressed by it or discouraged by it. You can do that. But that is a self trying to destroy a self. And it has never in the history of the universe worked. (laughs) Here's another possibility. Make the self larger. Make the self so large you cannot recognize it anymore with that little cramped view of the self as a problem that you used to have. Make the self, let the self, not make, let the self be what it is, which is everything. Your local instance of everything. Each of us is a local instance of everything. And that is the nature of the self, the shape that that local instance takes in each of us. So if we choose that direction, which has in the history of the universe worked, one way we can do that, one helpful thing in doing that, is to bring in our dream life. To Because it is destabilizing of our small, cramped view of what the self is. You take that small, cramped view, and you go to bed, and you dream, and you fly, and you have these amazing experiences, and all of these things become possible. And you wake up, and you can either say, that is a dangerous delusion, and I will think no further on it. Or you can say, that too is the self. And what does that say about how we usually hold the self? It blows it apart. It makes it impossible to stick to the small and the cramped. Because every bloody night we have an experience of something else. It's like it's telling us over and over and over again. It's not that the self isn't real. It's just that the self is not what you think it is. Every night, for 50-some years, for 60-some years, for 30-some years, every night it tells us that. And every day we reconstitute that small, cramped version of the self. What is up with that, please? (laughs) So 
let us let it in. Let us let in that that experience of the self as real. Because if life is a dream, if life is a bardo, dreaming is a dream, dreaming is a bardo, and what says one is realer than the other? How do we know that? What says that what happens in the daylight hours is realer than what happens in the night? That's just picking and choosing. <laughs> that's, just, that's just an arbitrary choice. So let us put that choice down. Okay. Blah, blah. <laughs> Finished. But two things I just want to remind you of um, to launch us from, the, from the, the dream retreat that we did last spring. The first is that in the Asian cultures out of which our traditions come, people don't talk about having a dream. They talk about seeing a dream that a dream is something that is given to us for us to see and we are also seen by the dream that's kind of amazing to think that a dream is an instance in which we are seeing something that is being given to us and that thing being given to us is also seeing us Kind of like a koan, you know? I just had to say that. <laughs> Maybe koans are the dreams we take up in, the, in our waking lives. Maybe dreams are the koans we take up in sleep. So that's the first thing, that sense of they're being given to us and something we see. The second is um, just to remind you of a, a story uh, of someone who was having their first lucid dream and was so excited after a long time of effort they'd finally had a lucid dream and so they were running around in the dream saying I'm dreaming, I know I'm dreaming I'm having a lucid dream and there was a, in the dream there was a cab with a cab driver in it at the curb and this man went running in his dream up to the cab driver and said, you know, knock, 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 knock and the cab driver rolled down the window and he said I'm dreaming. I know I'm dreaming. I'm having a lucid dream. And the cab driver looked at him like, okay, buddy, whatever. Rolled up the window and sped away. <laughs> okay, think about that. That's deeply weird. <laughs> that dream figure had its autonomous life and its autonomous experience. And here was this maniac coming up talking about, you know, being awake inside his dream. <laughs> Dreams have that power. Dreams have that autonomy. Dreams are one of those places where the bardos cross, the kayas, the bodies of the Buddha cross, and um, something gets communicated across that that membrane. And that's, um, again, it would feel ungrateful not to accept that when those intersections get made. Okay. So um, now that I've spoken, we're going to turn the recorder off so the rest of the evening won't, won't be recorded. And um, how I would like to, to do this is that we have a lot of silence and a lot of space around what we say. So I'm, I'm going to 
start with a dream because that seems only fair if I'm asking you to do this. And um, leave space, leave silence before you speak and the next person speaks and the next person speaks. And as, I, as I've mentioned, we're not going to be analyzing each other's dream. But if there's something that is called from you by the dream that you want to say, leave a little space, leave a little silence, and, um, and say what, you, what, what is being called from you to say. And if it's a comment on a dream, a great way to start is, if that were my dream, what I would wonder about is, you know, if that were my dream, okay? If someone has a dream and you have something that you feel relates to it, that you had a similar dream or something that's in the same territory, if you don't mind, just lay it down next to it and let's look, lay these dreams down next to each other for a bit and see what happens when we do, Okay? Okay, here's a little seed to begin. This is actually a, just a dream image. It was a full, a complete dream, but just one image. It, it came during the, um, the koan retreat we had at the end of October in which we brought, into which we brought dreaming, and the dreams were quite powerful. Um, in the middle of that, of that koan retreat, I dreamt that I was in the foreground of the scene, bent over performing some task and concentrating on this task. And over my left shoulder, the sun was shining. It was a beautiful day. And there was a group of hang gliders illuminated by the sun. But they weren't swooping. They were, they were hovering in midair. And they were all vertical like this. And they were talking with each other. Mm-hmm. So it was this group of hang gliders hovering, hanging together in the air, speaking with each other. And, um, and when I woke up from that dream, I knew that the koan retreat, uh, that the, yeah, the koan retreat was just fine, <laughs> that all, all was well with it. These talks are made available through your donations to Cloud Dragon, the Joan Sutherland Dharma Works. To learn more about her teachings and to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our donate page at jonesutherlanddharmaworks.org.